Hey, my name is Jack, and I'm on staff here at Three Circle Church. I work with our middle school students. Right now, I'm coming at you with our midweek series, our midweek gathering. We're studying the book of Philippians. It's been a great series so far, deep diving into these verses. And I'm excited about the word that, that God has given me to speak to you today. The title of this talk, this message, if you're taking notes today, write this down. It's called Live Up. Live Up. So when I was young, I had this red bike, okay, and I lived in Palm Harbor, Florida. It's really hot there, and there weren't as many palm trees as I had hoped in Palm Harbor when I was growing up, but it was a pretty cool place to live. My family and I, we lived in a small house. It was about a thousand square feet, and I I had this red bike that I would drive down this, this short driveway that we had at this house there. And I would zip up and down the driveway, and it was, it, it was uh, probably my favorite thing to do when I was a kid. I just remember it vividly. I was probably five years old. But there was a point where that bike got really small for me, and it still had training wheels on it. And, and my dad noticed I had gotten really good on this bike and that I was ready to take the training wheels off. But no matter how much he reassured me that I was ready, that there was a, a better bike for me or, a, or, or something you know, more fun than what I was doing right now, I was so attached to my security of not falling. I was so attached to those training wheels that I just refused to take them off. And, and so I, I kept having fun on this bike. It was really fun. But eventually, if you could imagine uh, a bigger kid on a, on a very small toddler's bike, my legs would, you know, kind of, uh, you know, hit the, come close to the rib cage in my chest. And it kind of started looking like a clown bike, if you could imagine that. And so I, I began to realize this as a child. And so one of these times after, you know, slamming my, my knees into my chest, I was like, what am I doing with this? I parked the, the bike, went in my garage where my dad was working on some stuff and said, Dad, I want a new bike. My dad was locked and loaded with what he would respond with in this situation because he, he already knew I needed the new bike. He said this, he was like, Jack, the day that you take those training wheels off and ride that bike without training wheels is the day you'll get a new bike. And so I contemplated, I was thinking about it, and at some point on that day, I decided that the, the training wheels that I had, the security that I had from those training wheels was no longer worth the cost of what I would gain. Namely, a new bike, uh, new roads to travel, new freedom, you know, even a little more autonomy as a young kid to ride around the neighborhood and go see my friends. The, the bike that I was riding now was no longer uh, doing what it was intended to do. It was actually slowing me down. And so what did I do? I told my dad, hey, take those training wheels off, throw them away. I hopped on my red bike and I threw down the pedal and started zipping down the the sidewalk that we had at that old Palm Harbor house. And uh, then I slammed on the brakes and called over my my shoulder to my dad, hey, can I have a new bike now? (laughs) And sure enough, he, without much uh, of another word, he got his keys, jumped in his car, drove to the, the near Walmart, 
bought a bike and brought me a new bike. And I tell you that story because I think there's actually something we can learn from that contemplation here. I think it's something that that we take into our lives even as adults when we think about the securities that we have. And so if you're taking notes today, go ahead and write this down. This is the main idea of the talk. This is the one thing I want you to take with you today into your life, and I hope that it's transformative for you. It's this. The main idea is if we want to live up, then we have to give up our earthly mindsets. If we want to live up, then we have to give up our earthly mindsets. And our scripture today in Philippians 3, 17 through 21 is going to unpack this idea of, of earthly mindsets. But I think if we're honest today, the tension that we, that we deal with in real time is whether we're going to keep the training wheels on our faith, keep the security on our stories, or if we're going to decide that the cost of what we will gain when we give up our earthly mindsets is worth what we have already attained in Christ. And that's namely our citizenship in heaven. And and our verses in Philippians are going to talk about what our citizenship is and where we should find our citizenship as opposed to where we sometimes put our citizenship and and I think we all struggle with that right I I struggle with with taking on the earthly things of this world and letting it dominate the things that I think about the things that I do but what Paul is telling us in our scripture today is that we need to put those earthly mindsets aside and we need to focus heavenward we need to strain forward toward where our citizenship actually lies. We wake up each day to the decision of whether we are going to live up or if we're going to keep the training wheels on, if we're going to keep our security. And so my dad knew I could already ride that bike without the training wheels. I had already attained the freedom, the new roads, all that stuff, but I was letting my security call the shots, but we have to live up to what we have already attained. Here's the scripture for today. Sometimes when when we're reading the Bible, we have to see what's already been said so that we so that 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 God can the Holy Spirit can illuminate what he's trying to say to us now it's called context and so I wanted to bring a little bit of context into these verses so I actually started at verse 15 and 16 our main scripture today is Philippians 3:17 through 21 if you want to open it in your bibles go ahead and open those now or open it on your devices but I want to start in verses 15 and 16 here it is for you. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if we, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true or live up to what we have attained. Here's the, here's the main, the crux of the verses here. This is verse 17. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those 
who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their glory in their shame. With, here's this, hold on to this, with mindset on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject all things to Himself. This makes me think of a time this guy named Moses, you may have heard of him, had already attained something from God, but he wound up setting his mind on earthly things instead. You might know this, the, the, the story about the 12 spies that Moses sends into the, the, the Canaanite land, into the promised land, while they were still wandering in the wilderness. The Lord tells Moses to send the spies into Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. They saw that it flowed with milk and honey, just as the Lord said, but the people that lived there, this is the report that the spies gave, okay, but the people that live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and large. Their faith is found in the people and in the cities. But, and so these, Moses sends these 12 spies into the promised land. They come back with this report that the people there are, are actually much bigger and their cities are much more fortified than we even imagine. So even though the Lord has already given us this land, we have already attained it, hello, that we are, are actually afraid because of the people that live there and how big and fortified these cities are. And Caleb and Joshua were two of these spies. They're two Old Testament uh, characters that we read about through the scriptures. And, and Caleb comes over this crowd, right? And he silences them and says, surely we can take the land because the Lord has given it to us. And what I want you to, to, to take from that and realize from that is that there's a distinction there, okay? There's 10 spies that are afraid because of what they can see. And there are two spies that are not and are willing to speak out truth over a situation based upon the word of the Lord in their circumstance and situation. They were not letting what they could see influence their faith, but they were letting what God had promised influence their faith. And all of us are, are presented with the same type of situations today as we live our lives, as we go into these crazy things that we are dealing with in these days, things that we've never had to deal with before with pandemics and, and all kinds of tension all over the globe, we have the ability to, to take what we see and compare it to what God actually says and live out by that instead of what we can see. And so the 10 spies were not willing to lose what 
they had. Their lives, even though those lives were, were, were lived in the wilderness, they decided that the wilderness was, was going to be a better place for them to actually survive. And they traded the promised land, this generation traded the promised land for their scraps. They said, we're not going to go. We're not going to go into Israel, even though what God has promised, he said that we've already attained it. We have seen with our eyes that these people are big and their cities are fortified. And so we're not going to go. And those of you that have read this story before might remember that the, they actually were destined to stay in the wilderness for that entire generation because they did not place their faith in what God had promised. They placed their faith in what they could see. And if we aren't careful, we can trade what we have attained for scraps too. We can trade our citizenship, our true freedom for training wheels and security. So we're going to dive in, deep dive to our verses today in Philippians. And, and, and again, we, we kind of start with the context of it in verse 16. Let us hold true or live up to what we have already attained. This begs the question, Okay, so what is it that we've already attained? And to get this, we have to, we have to continue our, our, like our study here in that entire chapter of chapter 3. And so, or we'll, we'll never know what we actually have attained. But, but Paul makes it clear here in chapter 3 that we have attained surpassing worth in Christ. What does that mean? That means that we have attained this idea that no matter what happens to us in this world, you can take everything away. You can take it all. Our, our families, our, our, our money, our security, everything that we have in this world, and it is still gain because we have received Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying here. It's, it's actually a pretty crazy thing, a pretty uh, extreme thing. And if we were to actually live that out, I wonder how that would actually change our worldview and how we live our lives. Paul literally goes so far to say here that everything less than Jesus is garbage. Isn't that crazy? Man, I, I struggle with that. I, I am consistently striving heavenward to try and get to a place where I am living that out. And I hope that you are too. The second thing that he says we've already attained is righteousness that does not come from ourselves by the law, but through faith in Christ. And let me tell you, that's a good thing. If, if our salvation, if our citizenship, if our ability to save ourselves was put in the law, we would never make it. But instead, it's about believing. It's about faith in the one who can save everything, who, who takes everything and, and holds it together by the power of his hand and the word of, of, of his mouth. He holds it all together, and faith in him is the thing that can save us. We have Christ, and with him, we have resurrection from the dead. And so that's the framework. That's the picture we're going forward with here today. As we dive into verses 17 through 21, Paul tells us, join in imitating me. So what is the example of Paul considering everything lost? 
considering everything lost compared to the surpassing worth of Jesus and straining toward what is ahead, our citizenship in heaven, our eternity in heaven. And so it gets to the point in verses 18 and 19 where he's talking about earthly things. For I For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And so I ask you today, Three Circle Church, I I ask my soul this today, where are our mindsets. Because if we want to live up, if we want to live up to what we have already attained, which is Jesus, which is citizenship in Christ, then we have to give up our earthly mindsets. And I don't know about you today, but sometimes, sometimes when I think about that and I read that, that scripture just punches me right in the face. Because I realize, man, I've lived three months without really thinking about you know, like, uh, sure, I've had a quiet time. Sure, I've done, you know, read my Bible. Sure, I've prayed or whatever. But really, I've let the framework of trying to gather earthly things dominate my life. And Paul is telling us, do not do that. Your citizenship is in heaven. Verse 20 goes like this, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is this idea of citizenship? What does that actually mean? That means that our definition, the thing that actually define us, defines us, comes from heaven. When we talk about citizenship, we often talk about it like we're American citizens, right? That kind of defines that. We were born here. We're Americans. And, and so we, we have this sort of type of allegiance to America because it's where we live, right? And so it means our, 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 our citizenship is in here. But what the, the Bible is telling us, what Paul is telling us in, in Philippians is that first and foremost, your citizenship, you are defined by a heavenly citizenship, not an earthly citizenship. Put away earthly things and let heavenly citizenship define us. It means our freedom actually does not come from a government earthly entity. It comes from our heavenly governance, which is the freedom that Jesus gives us by the cross of Christ. We have to give up our earthly mindsets and trade them for kingdom ones, even if it means we lose every earthly thing. That's what Paul is telling us here. Paul is saying it is still gain because we have gained Jesus. And why does Paul call it gain? Simply put, it's the gospel because we have already attained everything that actually matters in this world with Jesus and through the cross. Citizenship has its price and it's already been paid for us on the cross. We are heirs and co-heirs with Christ because he made a sacrifice for our citizenship. 
Just like our forefathers had to, uh, to lay it on the line to sacrifice for our American citizenship, Jesus has, has made a sacrifice for our heavenly citizenship on the cross, but it doesn't stop there. We didn't have to fight a war to earn our freedom. Jesus has already come and lived the perfect life, died on the cross, stormed the gates of hell, and with his army called grace, he's claimed a victory on our behalf when he rose up from the grave on that third day. And that is good news today, church. That is gospel. So you, what what are the implications for you and me today? What that means is we don't have to keep the security of of our training wheels on uh, on ourselves, on our faith anymore. Jesus has already purchased something better for us. We don't have to look at the giants of this life and live in fear that we can't overcome them because Jesus has already taken the promised land and put it in our inheritance. He's already given us himself. And we don't have to be one of the ten spies full of fear. We can be a Joshua or a Caleb full of faith from the finality of the words that Jesus spoke on the cross. It is finished because the best thing the enemy had to throw at us, meaning death, has been defeated forever. It's buried and it's done. We have nothing to fear. And so we don't have to keep the training wheels on anymore. So the question becomes, do these things actually define how we live? Does our faith define how we live or does our fear? And I'll close with this. I think of the rich young ruler. Okay, many of us know the story from the Bible, from the rich young ruler. But if you don't know it or if you haven't heard it in a while, basically this man comes up to Jesus while he's, while he's on the earth and says, what do I need to get eternal life? In other words, how do I find my citizenship in heaven? How do I attain eternal life? life. Because this man thinks that he has done well with his life. He's wealthy. He has all these earthly things. And he's followed the Ten Commandments. And so he's wondering, like, what do I have that is missing? What is missing for me? He was a good man by cultural standards. And he's saying, what do I still lack? And Jesus tells the man, sell his possessions, give to the poor, then come follow him. The man went away sad because he had great wealth. In other words, he knew the value he placed in his earthly things would outweigh what it would cost him to inherit eternal life based on Jesus's standards. And I think if you're like me, you've heard this story a hundred times and you've had it heard framed up like this, this doesn't mean that everybody has to give up all their stuff and sell all their positions. They just have to be willing to. And surely that is a true statement. Jesus is not calling all of us to sell everything that we own. But I wonder sometimes if you're like me, if we have used those words as a cop out to to not really live 
anything different with our lives if we've used those words to really just allow us to continue to have earthly mindsets and focus on earthly things. Because while Jesus isn't calling all of us to sell our stuff, he's calling us to give up our earthly mindsets. And that always requires a sacrifice of earthly things. And when we do, the, 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 those results often look drastic. Jesus tells us that we are to pick up our crosses and follow him. It means that we, if we want to gain our lives, we're going to lose it. And so the main idea, again, if, if you don't get anything from this talk, we want to live up to what, if we want to live up, then we have to give up our earthly mindsets. And I wonder, what if we all lived like our lives were a vapor? What if we all lived with this citizenship in heaven, like we wouldn't be here for all that long? Because that's what the Bible describes. Here's the scripture for you. This is James 4, 13 through 14. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. That's James 4, 13 through 14. So when we live like our days are numbered, like the psalmist says, we live with a framework that that begins to make the things that are actually important rise up to the surface, meaning lasting things, heavenly things, and begins to push away the things that are not all that important, which is our earthly things. And I think if a small community in Fairhope, Alabama, South Alabama, would, would, would collectively begin to live like our days are numbered, like we are vapors as James describes to us, then, then I believe the world would be shaken by the weight of the glory of Jesus Christ. No one would be able to deny who sits on the throne of our hearts and on the throne of of heaven. If we want to live up, then we have to give up our earthly mindsets. And so my last application for you, how, okay, so what do I do with what I know now is this. Ask Jesus. Come to God with a with a surrendered heart and asking him with 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 all the vulnerability, all the the uh, honesty that you can and ask him, Father, I want to to Give up my earthly mindsets and I want to focus on what matters to you most. He's ready to answer if you will ask him.